Corporate Courtney. I am your host, Courtney Johnson. And for those of you who are longtime listeners, you've probably been wondering where I've been for the last month. And this hiatus was not planned. Actually, I just got very bogged down with work, life, pandemic, and I missed a week. And no one said anything to me. So then I missed two weeks. And no one really said anything. I only had one person call it out. And one person I told what happened and they were like, oh, I noticed, but I just didn't want to say anything. So all in all, two people who have commented on noticing my sneaky little breakaway. And I think out of all of it, I just was whelmed. That is the only word I think I know in the English dictionary that really sums up how I've been feeling these last few weeks. And it's not enough to say that I was overwhelmed and it definitely wasn't underwhelmed. So if we can be whelmed in America, then I was whelmed. And if you caught that reference, you're really old because I don't think there are any Gen Zers who probably have watched 10 Things I Hate About You. Look, Mom, the Joker. No, that's probably also old, too. They probably don't know Heath Ledger is the Joker either. Ooh, I'm about to spiral. Let me continue. But when life hands you lemons, you make lemonade. Or a podcast, because I'm a millennial. And like I was saying, I've just felt whelmed over the last few weeks. Real state of meh, right? And in the last few sessions with my therapist, again, I advise you all to go to see one. Um, I have just been trying to explain I felt stuck in every aspect of my life. Stuck in my love life, stuck in my career, stuck in my weight loss and fitness journey, just in a constant state of stagnation and I was using the last few weeks to toss and turn and do whatever I possibly could do to get unstuck. And I will save you guys the insurance copay and tell you what my therapist asked me. And it really was, if you're feeling stuck, what is the glue made of? And at the core of most people's metaphorical glue is guilt, shame, and fear. And without getting too personal, because again, you're not my therapist and I'm keeping my copay, I'm a control freak. If you haven't been able to tell that from the last 30 odd episodes, I'm a control freak. So at the core of most of my problems is fear, fear of letting go, fear of the unknown, yada, yada, yada. So to cope with my stuckness, I've been doing all of the poor things that people do. I've watched an absurd amount of television. Shout out to The Circle. Really enjoyed it. 
just watched the final episode. I won't spoil it for you all, but who I wanted to win won. Staying up past my 9 p.m. bedtime to do nothing. Just scrolling on my phone or watching something that I've seen a thousand times. I don't know how many times one needs to watch Pride and Prejudice. And at no certain point in time is there any reason to stay up till 2 a.m. watching Pride and Prejudice for the 400th time. But that's been my jam. And then waking up exhausted, going to work, sitting back on my couch, watching something on the TV, going to my bed, scrolling on Twitter. And it has just been a never-ending cycle of the most boring life. But that's my comfort zone. And so I think my body was trying to prevent me from going into that deep well of depression because I wasn't really depressed or sad, but I wasn't flourishing. I wasn't overjoyed with things. I didn't have excitement and which was very different from the month prior. So it just kind of hit very heavy. April was a very heavy month for me. And as I was explaining that to a mentor of mine, she happened to bring up that the week prior, there was a New York Times op-ed on languishing. And if you haven't heard of languishing, you've probably been asleep for the last three weeks because any and everybody that could get their hand on this word has talked about it, written it, plagiarized it. The article is everywhere in any world where self-help is your jam. This writer, Adam Grant, he starts to talk about how a lot of people have been having this mutual feeling where we're not really living. I would say the French call it ennui, and I guess languishing is our English word for it. But it's just like a weariness and dissatisfaction. Like you're putting yourself on hold and waiting for happiness to come. And you're not quite depressed. You aren't hopeless. But you're just somewhat joyless and aimless. So the term is actually called languishing. And if you're a pessimist or just a generally dissenting type of person, then you're probably like, rolling your eyes at me right now because once again we're all in a pandemic we're all feeling the same things and we now have some sort of word to put and describe this feeling first it was grief we were grieving the lives that we used to know we were grieving the people that we were losing to covid then it was pandemic fatigue We'd just been doing the same thing and we were getting exhausted by the acts that we were having to contribute. And then we'd all hit a pandemic wall. And I read an article where it was like, well, maybe we're all just being really well off whiny babies because nurses probably hit their pandemic wall way before we all did. So not really a collective feeling, but for the most part, we were told we were all going through the struggle and the same things. And so now here we are with languishing. But as the mental health experts say, the best strategy for managing emotions is naming them. Which is why my therapist always makes me use a feelings wheel to understand what I'm feeling. So if you really generally hate the idea of languishing, 
tough it out. Listen to the rest of the podcast. I don't care about your little feelings. But for the rest of us, you're feeling like you're not alone. That meh feeling has a word and a lot of different people are feeling it. So if you feel like you've just been going through the motions or you feel like you've kind of cut back on work or you felt stuck, stagnant, like you're not going somewhere, or this is the first time in a year that you don't really have an international trip planned, so there's not a lot of stuff to look forward to, you're not alone. And it's not not a problem. Sorry, mommy. Double negative. I think just because you're not depressed doesn't mean you're not struggling. And just because you're not burnt out doesn't mean you're fired up and ready to go. There is that middle ground and that middle ground could lead to depression and it could also turn around and get straight to flourishing. So it's wise to be aware of what you're feeling and why you're feeling it and trying to get an uptick to making that change. Personally, I have been interviewing for internal positions. I love the company I work for right now. I'm not really trying to leave it, especially with the unknown of the COVID world. Last in, first out, always the rule for layoffs. And there's nothing really wrong with my job either. I'm not sick of it. I don't hate it. I just am not as excited about it as I used to be. And I don't know that I'm growing. Hence that I felt stuck feeling. But I felt like I was doing everything in my control to alleviate the situation. I'm virtually networking. I'm asking around. I'm applying. I'm interviewing. And I've gotten no no's yet, but I've gotten no yeses either. So I can't even be upset about the situation because I'm just in this middle ground, which is absolutely just the cards I've been dealt for this time period. And I feel like a lot of us are in that same space. So I'm not really waking up at eight o'clock and hopping right onto my laptop to get work done. And I'm not staying late to have this meeting. And I'm definitely not attending any lunch meetings. The first thing that got cut back when I started to feel this meh feeling was definitely work. But that is, again, another part and the idea of languishing and that staying up all night watching Pride and Prejudice is a term called revenge bedtime procrastination. Essentially, I'm staying up to reclaim the freedom I feel like I've lost in the middle of the day, which is insane. It's like sabotage in a circle. And yes, This just came out in April from a New York Times article, but the idea of languishing has been around for a very long time. In fact, for those of you who are smarty pants, there was, if you know the seven deadly sins, there used to actually be eight deadly sins. Acedia, which used to be a lack of care, was the eighth deadly sin. And a lot of people felt that They had a want and an interest in life. And when they didn't actually act on that or didn't have the feeling to, there was just this sense of emptiness. And that led people to fill their lives with different vices. Hello, sourdough bread. So eventually it just kind of got folded up into sloth, 
which I think is really unfair because you can be in a state of carelessness, but not be truly lazy, right? You can pick up your house, but you're probably going to do it laissez-faire like. You're still living and, and you're acting. You're just going through the motions. So you're looking at me now and you're like, all right, Courtney, I'm languishing. What do I do to fix it? And I can just tell you from my point of view, I haven't fixed it myself. I still feel like I'm going through the motions. I still feel like I'm in a state of stagnation and I'm doing stupid stuff to not go to bed, to reclaim my time or whatever they said. But Adam Grant in the New York Times article talks about giving yourself some uninterrupted time. That feeling you were getting that you've lost some sort of freedom because you're just going through the motions of the day and you feel tied to something you have to do. That bedtime procrastination comes from you trying to get that sort of freedom back. So maybe in your day, earlier in the day, set aside an hour for you to do something creative and fun and uninterrupted. Maybe go to Michael's and pick up uh, paint by numbers. And if all the Michael's are closed, go to AC Moore. And if all the AC Moore's are closed, maybe Walmart. I just don't condone Hobby Lobby. But sit and try to do paint by numbers. It, it doesn't take a rocket science and it's not puzzles like everyone else is doing. But maybe that's really your jam and maybe you're really actually good about it. Or if you are really actually creative, do something that you enjoy for an uninterrupted amount of time. Don't have your phone on. Don't do it while you're watching TV. Don't do it while you're reading emails or not working. But just time for you to be able to say, I'm actively doing something for me. I mean, it's not just mental health experts. I mean, at where I work, my engineers have something called power hours, which means I'm not supposed to schedule any meetings during this set amount of time of work so that they have uninterrupted time to do their coding heads down, unbothered. And it's clearer, it's more focused, and they don't feel bogged down. Just do something that captures your full attention. Or... If the New York Times is not your jam, my therapist, my direct homework was there are no problems in life, only situations. And it is our perception that turns a situation into a problem, which sounds like a lot of therapy crap. And I know that you're thinking that, but just think about it. If you feel like you're overscheduled, uncertain, overdoing, underrested, overly frustrated, underappreciated, over it all, under the covers, then you really have to ask yourself, what in that situation can you actually control? What are some steps that you can do to get out of it? Always try to find a small win in that whole scenario or that situation, which for me is really hard. I sometimes get bogged down with the big picture of it all and there really is always some kind of small win inside of it. So no, I haven't been selected for any of the interviews that I've done. However, I'm getting practice verbalizing what I do. I'm 
interacting with people I probably have not interacted with in my company. I am creating new relationships and those relationships may be catalysts for something way down the line in my future. And I don't know, but if I could stop to see all of the activities and the things that I can control are good things, then those small wins should help me feel a little less stuck. And yes, it really is just about reframing the situation, reframing your mindset around things, trying to go for what you really want and adding some challenge back into your life. Because even for me, thinking back over something and having to go, okay, what was a small win in there is its own task in and of itself because I don't always have rose-colored glasses on. And if it's starting to sound a little self-helpy, you're not the only one. I'm feeling that too. So I will say this. If you're languishing and none of this really appeals to you, find something that works or sit in it because eventually there are ebbs and flows in life. What goes down comes up. And so you will eventually find your way out of this circle and then out of this cycle. And sometimes you just got to go through it to get through it. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh, that sounds a little self-helpy too. But you know what? Maybe that's what you need. A little self-help. Pull yourself out of this languishing trench and get yourself closer to a state of flourishing. Because when you're flourishing in one aspect of your life, you can start to flourish in others and it bleeds through and you're going to start seeing a lot of the goals and a lot of the things that you want for yourself to turn. So I'm back on the podcast reel. I'm focused. I'm driven. I'm ready to give it back to you guys. I just needed a little break to get my head around what was happening. And not going to lie, kind of like sitting in it. I like sitting in language. It wasn't that bad until it was starting to get bad and I was starting to spiral. And if you can't self-identify when you're starting to spiral, again, maybe have a little talk with someone. Because like I said, it's a slippery slope to depression. And we don't want that because you can't be your best you. And you're not going to twerk your way up the corporate ladder if you can't even get out of bed. And that's all I've got for you this week. Uh, Thank you for coming back and listening. I was really priding myself on the consistency of the podcast and I kind of let it slip away and out of my hands. So I will try to be back and I will try to be consistent, but I'm also in need of your help. I am in a state of stuck stagnation at work. So a lot of the things that drive me or would promote me to talk about it on the podcast are just not happening. So I need topic ideas. And for everyone who's listened to every episode, please, if you've got a topic I haven't touched on yet, please share it with me at thecorporatecourtneypodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send it to me on Twitter or Instagram at underscore corporate court. And I will be happy to do some research, dig in and start talking about it and getting some fresh perspective on it for you all. So calling card for fresh ideas, corporate America lifestyle. What are you missing? What do you need? What do you want to hear? Gotta have it. Thank you guys for listening. As usual, I really appreciate it. Otherwise, 
I'm just a loser speaking in her apartment into a microphone by herself. So thank you. And until next time, toodles.